Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello, everyone. And you join us here today with yet another question. We are, uh, Tom and I, lovers of watches. We like watches, big and small, far and wide, all sorts. But we've heard there are a number of brands out there that people don't really like. And so being ever the optimists and always open to try something a little different, uh, Tom and I have decided to pitch each other a few of these brands with some specific models chosen to see if we can sway the other. Tom, what have you got for me? Well, the first name on the grapevine of hatred, which uh, often crops up, is MVMT Movement Watches, or Movement, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> now, it's not a brand I'm overly familiar with. It's just one of those things you hear time and time again that people have beef with this brand. Um, so I did a little digging, and I think the reason is, and you kind of get a sense from this when you look at their website, is... Um, I think there are some question marks over the manufacturing uh, behind some of their watches. Um, maybe not so much now, but definitely in the early days, I think there was a belief that they were basically uh, drop shippers. Mm. Um, now, I don't know if you listened to the same reply or podcast I did several years ago about drop shipping, but I did. it's basically where you can, <laughs> you can set up a website and it's just basically a go between between the customer and AliExpress or Alibaba, one of these um, Chinese Amazon, and, and they click on a watch on your website and they get one from China and uh, you upsell them on something that they can get a lot cheaper in on AliExpress. But I'm not sure if that's the case anymore. Um, but I, I must say that I, yeah, I've not had hands-on with any of these watches. This is just my first impressions. Um, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cuss too deep. <laughs> so this is a brand that was started by two guys. Um, if you go on their About Us page, you can uh, see them. There's a bit of a typo on there. That's presumably something insignificant. Obviously, they've they've spelt movement wrong, but I'm guessing this is nothing really of note. Our flagship line of timepieces sported clean dales uh, with big personalities. Oh, I see. That's quite that's quite a crucial thing to understand when it comes to watches, isn't it? It's how to spell watch parts. Uh, I get a bit of a fire festival vibe from them. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're lovely guys. Um, <laughs> you're going to buy a watch, and actually, what you're going to get is a sort of a half baked ham sandwich. <laughs> yeah. um, but there are a couple of watches on there that really caught my eye, and I think are quite interesting. Um, 
You don't need a Hublot when you can get the Raptor honey smoke. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing, isn't it? 46 and a half millimetres. You definitely notice that on your wrist. So it's a double threat, radical and refined. It's a sports chronograph mm-hmm. in a brush grey stainless steel, black sort of grey dial and, and gold hands. Pretty popping. It's definitely putting me in mind of diesel watches and things like that. Yeah, I would say all of those watches have that kind of flavour where they just feel a little bit fashion watchy, out of the catalogue, off the shelf sort of thing. What sort of prices are we talking? Two hundred, £219. Yeah. So you're looking at between 150 to up to 300 pounds for these watches. For a quartz chronograph in steel, a mineral crystal instead of sapphire, it's not great. I think that's another people's complaint is they're way too dear for what you get. Um, again, I have not handled these watches, so I couldn't tell you, but... But they're, they're, not, they're not chewing your arm off in terms of price. It's, I, don't, I don't mind the way it looks. It seems perfectly fine if you like if you like that sort of thing and if you like that particular design why not i don't think they're yeah they're 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 not hugely offensive it's definitely a gateway drug i think we've all been there where we've seen a watch in a jeweler's window that's a couple of hundred pounds that probably most people that we know now would tell us is rubbish that we see and we think oh that's a bit nice sure i quite fancy wearing that everyone has to start somewhere and i see this as being as the, the starting somewhere step. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, sure. So speaking of starting somewhere, there was a, there's a watch in their lineup um, which caught my eye and it reminded me of one of the, maybe the first watch that I ever bought. It reminded me of an old Kahuna watch I used to have. Do you remember these? No. They're old surf watches and they were very, very 90s. Uh, I don't think they're around anymore. If they are, then I'm not sure where they're hiding. Um, but it's this ocean plastic watch. It's a solar-powered watch made from plastic reclaimed from the ocean. Oh, wow. And it's got a very nice blue wave motif on the dial. It's got this nice pop of loom on the hands and the bezel. And it's got a, a quite a funky uh, fabric strap. I think it's really, really cool. Do you know what? I, I like that. That has personality. That has a purpose. That has interest. It's more than just... We designed a, a vaguely derivative watch that has no distinguishing features whatsoever. This is actually interesting. I could I could see me smashing one about on a beach and not really caring, and also feeling like I've accomplished something moral whilst doing it. It's definitely a way to go if your public persona is limping along and people aren't really on your side. It's definitely a good manoeuvre to go down the noble route and tap into sustainability and ethical shopping. And, and I wonder if you get to pick which reclaimed plastic yours is made of, because while I'd be happy for you know, some Lego or something like that, <laughs> something interesting like a car bumper, I would be less inclined to want a watch made out of an old uh, loo brush. It's all beer ring pulls. Is it actually? No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, turtles. It's not. I also see that it's solar powered. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? That's what turned me on about that citizen. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day with that with that citizen about more watches being solar powered, and it makes perfect sense. I think when you're when you're creating an environmentally friendly watch, a a reusable battery that you yeah. can charge up solar powered is great rather than the little button battery that you I don't know, you throw straight back into the ocean. I don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
But it, that, that seems to take that another step further in the, um, what is it they say? Reduce, reuse, recycle. It, it touches upon all of those things, doesn't it? Yeah, the Mariana Trench is quickly filling up with old CDs and batteries, so that's good. James Cameron won't even be able to get ankle deep in that at some point. Lames Cameron, I call him. Um, there's also <laughs> a upcycled rope bracelet as well. Um so not only do they do watches, but they also do little bits of rope that you can tie around your wrist. Although I'm not so sure about it because everyone I can see wearing them is drowning. <laughs> I think if you wear one, you're doomed. If you wear two, you might be able to climb to safety, but I'm not sure how well he's doing. I, I draw the line at cool bracelets, I think. Uh, are those, those people wearing them deserve to drown. <laughs> yeah maybe you're right um but yeah mvmt um a bit naughty in the past but on the up and up probably yeah definitely i, I will stamp that as successfully redeemed well done <laughs> movement movement good all right well who do you hate <laughs> well this, this is the thing that i i have heard the next brand i'm going to talk to you about i don't necessarily hate them i know a lot of people do I know that by using this brand in the title of this video, with the word hate in it, we will probably get plenty of people watching. Let me see what you think. Hublot. You've heard of Hublot, haven't you? Hublot. They sponsor the football. They do, don't they? And isn't that a shame? I'm sure there are many people out there who like football, but... Well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I am a closet fan of Hublot, I hate to say it. Uh, I will probably be lambasted by the, the, the watch purchasing community and our show will be blacklisted by everyone who watches it. Uh, Hublot is very much a brand that uh, piggybacks off of other people's success, if you like. How so? Uh, so in the 80s, gold watches, luxury sports watches, um, those watches from the 70s that I've not seen too much about before, all of that, that was all happening. People were loving it. Yeah. And yeah, so this this guy, Carl Croco, in 1980, decided to copy all of that and do his own luxury sports watch in gold. Uh, but it had one very special and unique feature that made it stand out above all else. It had a rubber strap. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's, in one sense, it's the lamest thing ever. We, I, I mention new hat stuff all the time. It's so new hat. Oh, you've seen those sports watches before, but have you seen them with a rubber strap? But we saw how everyone went bananas recently for Rolex putting a rubber strap on the Daytona and on the Yachtmaster. Yeah. And actually, it's a combo that works really well. Yeah. They did this donkeys ago. Uh, and so Hublot has really... Um, the art of fusion and all of that business exploring materials and shapes and things like that that work well together. They've been less about the watchmaking itself and more about style, and I think that's where a lot of the hate comes from. I mean, that and using cheap movements and charging a lot of money for them is also a problem that they have. But what you have to remember is the kinds of people who are thinking of buying a solid gold watch with a rubber strap, they don't care. They don't care if it's three or thirteen or thirty thousand pounds. They see the watch, they like the way it looks, and they buy it. So I think it's worth considering these watches with a different lens. I don't know that there's necessarily any Hublot in the price point that I would purchase that would interest me. But if I had endless stacks of cash, 
I can guarantee you there'll be a Hublot in the collection. And the one that I think I would choose is the classic fusion, aerofusion moon phase titanium in 42 millimeters. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that's a really nice looking watch. Yeah, I mean, you say that there's a lack of watchmaking going on from Hublot, but there looks to be a hell of a lot of watchmaking going on in that watch. Unless, or is that just a picture? <laughs> kind of. Uh, ticking away in the back of this £13,500 watch is a £150 Salita movement. No. Um, but everything that you see at the front, the... the uh, day and month. It's got a moon face. It has a moon phase. Uh, it has the date. It has the day and the month. Everything dial side, that module there is uh, all extra. And um, and yes, it's not, the movement's not finished to the levels of a Patek Philippe or, or a, a Langer that you could get for the same price. But I like it. I think it has a blend between classicism and industrialism that works really, really well. And I think that's what people need to understand. It's like the price and what you get for that price, don't worry about it. If that's your concern, it's not for you. If you think it looks cool, brilliant. Add it to your collection of 20 plus watches that you already have. Uh, but I love I love it. I love the detail going on behind the crystal. I love seeing those skeletonized uh, day and month wheels as they travel out from behind the window and you see them go around. Very, very thin parts as well, so that layering looks really complex without making the watch really bulky. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think there are some Earnshaws that could tick those boxes as well, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, all right then, well, if, if, that's, if that's not quite getting you, how about this then? The Hublot MP05 LaFerrari watch. Is that a watch? If I can say that again, I don't know why. I don't know why I said watch. The Hublot MP05 LaFerrari. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because it looks like something that's popped off of Darth Vader's chess piece. It does, doesn't it? Uh, it is very loosely a watch. It does tell the time, uh, and it has a has a power reserve. But what you're seeing here is a move into creativity. I think that should be applauded. Yeah, it's an absolute lump, no denying it. It's ugly as all hell, no denying it. But I really want one. Let me tell you about it. Do you remember we looked at that that pretty beefy Langer a while ago, and it had a thirty-one day power reserve, uh, and you wound it with that little ratchet, windy, barrel thing? I think I was off that day. Oh, <laughs> I think I was sick that day. <laughs> okay. Well, that had 31 days and that was impressive. This watch, you wind it and it lasts for 50 days. Ooh, 50 days. That's really impressive. Most most watches will last for two, maybe three days. Eight days is pretty special. Yeah. But this will last for 50 days. There are 11 barrels. Most watches have one barrel. Some have two to try and add a bit more power reserve or maybe uh, even up the torque distribution through the wind. This has 11 barrels and you can see those barrels laid end to end, uh, top to bottom uh, in that silver cylinder that runs through the middle. And then not only that, but on the nose of the watch, if you look from the side, you can see the tourbillon, which is, is layered in parallel with those barrels. It's just hiding away in there in that, in that front little window. You just look in, you can just see it. 
And then the display is displayed in a similar fashion to the way those barrels are orientated. You have the uh, ruby runners, which you see uh, running along the barrels, and then you see those uh, cylindrical dials, for want of a better word, to the left and the right. And the whole thing to me is, it may not be a display of classicism, it may not be a display of uh, good taste when it comes to design necessarily, but it shows imagination. And if there's one thing that we can absolutely do with more of when it comes to watches, it's imagination. Let's go wild, let's just see what happens, explore the, the crazy echelons of what can be done, and then we'll come back and we'll make classic watches that we can actually go and buy. It does have that carbon fibre weave at the top in a patch there, which I hate. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a, a cheap cufflink, doesn't it? That you'd get from one of those men's gadget shops. I, it just seems like it's a magnet for little bits of grit and dust. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the addition of a $5 secret Santa gift. Yeah, let's there. have a little bit of picnic basket on the watch. <laughs> but in tactical black. Carbon fibre, when used in a case, is, is quite nice. But there, it's very much a tie-pin situation. Yeah, it's nice. I, I kind of like the mottled nature of it. It looks a bit like urban camo sometimes. It looks like um, a sort of amalgamation of materials. But when it's sort of checkered like that, I don't know, it just displeases me greatly. <laughs> but overall, the watch is something that I like to see done. Yeah. And I applaud Hublot for doing it. Yeah. And without Hublot making watches like this, the industry would be a slightly worse place. And I haven't even got to the best bit about it. Oh, no. Well, if you think about winding a watch that's got three days of power reserve, that's quite a... Oh, that'd get your wrist going. Imagine winding it for 50 days worth of power reserve. For every day of power is an hour of winding, as, as I understand it. <laughs> You're a slow winder. <laughs> um, but this uh, Hublot have addressed that problem um, so bearing in mind this is a collaboration with Ferrari Ferrari have a Formula 1 team the Formula 1 team uh, has a pit stop crew that put the wheels on their Formula 1 cars with pneumatic guns this comes with a winding gun to wind the watch with it is the most Fisher-Price thing I've ever seen to come out of watchmaking you stick it in the end and you hold down the little drill button and it whizzes away and it winds your watch up for 50 days that's fun it's it is fun it's tacky as all hell but i still really like it yeah i like that anything that comes with a little gun is got to be fun uh short of that I, I i don't suppose you could perhaps keep an allen key in your pocket to wind it up with when you're on holiday and, it, and you've forgotten to wind i forgot my drill has anyone, has anyone got a, a spare Hublot MP05 drill I can borrow? Yeah, are there any IKEA flat packs around? Uh, so, what do you think? Hublot, have I won you over? Uh, sure. I'm not saying you have to buy one, but do you resent their existence or are you glad they exist? In some respects, yeah. I think there's a little bit of fronting on their part where stretching a little bit in what they're, um, what they're providing to what they're charging for it. They're putting a little bit of strain on luxury goods and the uh, the rule of diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, very much um, on the outer edges of the bell curve, isn't it? But yeah, no, they they do some cool pieces. Um, I don't I don't think the hate is justified largely. Um, I don't think they're any worse than <laughs> most of the others. <laughs> <laughs> Damning indeed. Um, but when you're talking about people who throw in an extra hundred grand for a, a an additional foot on their yacht 
or however much yachts are. I, I haven't spec'd a yacht up for a while. I can't remember how much an extra foot costs. Uh, I, I think it. I think it's fair to say that they're doing something with a little bit of personality that makes them stand out as different, where they could otherwise be disappearing into the into the mush. Yeah. All right. Well, so I, I would say Hublot, not maybe fully redeemed, but I think it has its. I think it has its moments for sure. I certainly wouldn't hate on it. Okay. From one maker of monstrous watches to another, Invicta. Uh, what about them? Another brand that's always on the tip of people's tongues when you talk about less favourable watches. Now, I think a lot of their hate that they get stems from they've got a gigantic catalogue of watches, so many watches, mm-hmm. and a lot of those, a large portion of them, are very homagey, sort of shamelessly so. If we have a look at this Pro Diver 8926BRB, um, be right back, I suppose. I'll be right back with a genuine Swiss movement. Uh, but in the meantime, it's a Japanese automatic, which is fine. But the appearance of this watch is very, very, very familiar. Do you not agree? I do, yeah. I, I can't place it, but there are things about that that do strike me as something I've seen before. Um, I think my favourite thing about this particular one as well is... Uh, the amalgamation of two different watches without any real consideration. The the diver's watch, the Submariner, and then the GMT bezel for absolutely no real reason. I don't know. The blue portion is like the safe shallows and the red portion is like the boiling depths. <laughs> you turn the bezel to remind yourself which way is up. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, very homage Very superficial. It's not real, is it? There's something about... I think you you get a lot more people on side if you appear to be striving for something, like endeavouring to do something different or not necessarily original. You don't have to be original, that could be hard, but if it's going through your own personal filter and coming out as a creation, you know, that was heartfelt and had the all the good intentions of someone who wanted to make something earnestly that's a lot better than just copying something isn't it you say that but that's your your perspective is you'd like to see character and individuality in something someone has done but there are many many people out there who just want something that looks familiar feels familiar is something that they can have and enjoy and not worry about and go back to time and time again. And sure, all of the superheroes seem like the same. And sure, all of the films keep repeating themselves. But people like Marvel for some reason. And they would probably like one of these. And that's fine. Uh, so Invicta like Marvel as well. Well, Marvel like Invicta. So Invicta have actually got some strong um, collaborators. Um, all your, all the usual, the Disney cronies, Marvel and Star Wars and those fellas. Are they licensed? I believe so, yeah. You're telling me that Disney went, yeah, right, to Invicta? Yeah. I think the cease and desist letters come out pretty thick and fast from Disney, so um, (laughs) this is all legit. But yeah, so some strong collaborators. Shaq. 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 um, The US Army. These are powerful figures. Shaq as in... um, Foo. Not not a a rickety collection of sticks arranged in a habitable... (laughs) No, Shaq as in the ex-basketball player who makes Terry Crews look like Kevin Hart. <laughs> I too have seen that picture. So, yeah. Um, but one bizarre collaboration which I want to pull up as an example is the Beavis and Butthead watch. Wow. 
So Beavers and Butthead, that very hot property, hot ticket item that, yeah, really, really good. Beavers and Butthead, yeah. Well, you can say cult heroes, but yeah, uh, not exactly on the uh, forefront of uh, entertainment at the minute. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of models, one in sort of black and white and then one in their kind of burger world colours. But what I thought was interesting about this is Beavers and Butthead are not a couple of characters that you would want associated with your brand. They fly in the face of good taste. But then what that made me think is like, well, so does Invicta. <laughs> well, all I know about uh, Beavers and Butthead, because I never saw it, was that I wasn't allowed to see it. And I feel like Invicta watches are the kinds of watches that my parents wouldn't allow me to wear either. <laughs> yeah, Beavis and Butthead back in the day came with many warnings, not suitable for anyone, that sort of thing. They're crass, vulgar, sleazy. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think at the core, you know, the, the show itself was very misunderstood. It's very um, anti-establishment. It had this sort of rebe rebellious social commentary on, on, on pop culture. And I think you, you could probably apply that to Invicta as well. <laughs> You know, these are these are big pieces, big monstrous watches um, when you move away from their Amagi um, output. Uh, some of their things are very, very characterful, I suppose you could say. Are, are you saying that Invicta is basically trolling the industry? I don't know. Maybe maybe they are. Maybe they're... I, I... Some of the watches I've seen, it looks like they're doing it on purpose. You know, you know when someone, you know when a, a dad gets a bit of cream on their face and the kid's like you've got cream on the face and the dad goes where and smears more cream all over their face <laughs> that's what Invicta are doing Invicta your watches are really big and ugly are they well how about this one which is even bigger and uglier no no, no that's worse oh is it yeah I mean or like Beavis and Butthead they're just watches for deal weeds and fart knockers I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> I don't know but I'm, I'm glad this exists uh, I feel like my day has been brightened up by by being made aware of this watch's existence yeah, I think they should just drop all the homage things and, and start making these big, audacious pieces. Um, I bet their boutiques are loud, aren't they? I bet they're pumping music when you go in there. It's the sort of assault on the senses is the, is the vibe I get from Invicta. Yeah, the whole thing will smell like strawberry vape. They, they have that cruise that they, they do every year where all their fans and they have a very dedicated following of people, you know, collectors that devour these pieces. And every year they would get together on a big boat and it looks like the last days of Rome, but with glow sticks. Well, you know, we think we're right. Maybe they, they think they're right. It's a bit like religion, isn't it? There are lots of different religions and lots of different gods and they all think their one's the right one. Who knows? Live and let live. Yeah, no, fair play to them. I'm not, I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just saying this is an acquired taste and if you love it, go for it. If you don't, uh, fair enough too. <laughs> You're certainly not going to get a Beavers and Butthead watch anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that exists. Yeah, it needs to. It sort of needs to, doesn't it? It it sort of blows away some of the fart sniffing that happens around uh, some Patek collectors and things like that. At some point, you have to you have to have your yin and yang, don't you? Your Agent Smith to your Neo. Otherwise, it's going to get all stanky up in here, just like the Invicta Cruise.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.